Hey there, today we have a video and audio podcast for you. I'm sharing with you my Motivating Yourself, Motivating Your Workforce, the Wake Up Eager Formula. That's a workshop that I delivered, it's a keynote, and I'm excited to bring it to you. We're gonna talk about waking up eager, leaders, team, why it matters, can't wait to share it with you. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there, my name is Susie Price, and I'm with Priceless Professional Development, and you are listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast. You might even be watching the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast. I never do video, but it is available. If you want to check out the video, you can go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash formula, and we're talking about the Wake Up Eager Formula, so that's why we've named that our tracking code or how you can find us, but you can go there and you can get audio and you can get video. And you can go there to get the show notes and the transcript for this podcast. So here in this podcast, what we do all the time is we cover everything related to helping you and the employees at your organization you work with. We're going to support you in helping everyone activate their greatness and wake up eager. I am a professional facilitator and consultant, and I started this company, Priceless Professional Development, in 2004. And our expertise is in an assessment science called Trimetrics. Um, and we use that science to help leaders and consultants assist them in their efforts to create a wake up eager workforce. And it's cool because this science is great throughout the life cycle of an employee, everything from hiring. So we can use the science to look at is someone a fit for the position. Then when they come on board, we can create a coaching report and we can report, show a report between their leader and the new employee and they can get insights on how to work together and how to communicate, what their strengths and talents are, which is all that we're talking about in this talk today. What is the person's top strengths and talents? We use it in leadership development, so ability to benchmark what the future position needs and see where somebody is currently in their personal traits and strengths and figure out exactly where they need to grow and develop. Uh, we use it in conflict resolution. I just did that last week. It was a powerful way for two people who were having a hard time connecting and working effectively together to build some trust and some understanding. And then we also use Trimetrics in team building. So it's a tool that can go throughout the life cycle of employee and we enjoy bringing that to you and to organizations. And then we also train and certify internal and external consultants on the science so that they can become experts. And then lastly, a fun thing and favorite thing to do is to provide thought leadership on this science through the connections that we have. I'm on the board of the Hartman Institute now, which is one of the key sciences in our assessment and helping move the science forward there and throughout the organizations and throughout the world. We also provide thought leadership through our blog and through our newsletter and this podcast. So the directory for all the episodes, this is episode number 61. So we have other episodes you could go check out and it's at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. So it's episode 61, as I mentioned, and it's motivating your workforce, motivating yourself, motivating your workforce, and it's the wake up your formula. And you can find it again, show notes, pricelessprofessional.com 
forward slash formula. You're going to want to go there to maybe get the handout, which I will reference. There are links. There's an exercise that we'll do, and I'll play with how I do that because it really works with a crowd, but we'll make it work here too because I want to share some of this information with you and have a record for those who attended the conference to actually come back and share some of this with people who, who missed the meeting. All right, so we're gonna get started. Everybody's a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. You have genius within you. Your employees have genius within them. We all have special strengths and talents to bring to the world. And when we don't use our unique talents and strengths in our work and in our life, we can become uninterested, unmotivated, and we can even doubt our value and worth. And if you're not seeing the genius that I'm referencing right now, that's okay. It could be because people don't know what their strengths and talents are, so they're not consciously using them. It might also be that they haven't realized, I didn't at one point in my career, I didn't realize how important my top personal traits and interests were, my strengths and talents, to my motivation and to my success. And we're going to outline that for you today very clearly. So I promise you, stay with me, I promise you that your genius and their genius has been born into you and has been being shaped by you throughout all of your experiences throughout your life. It just needs to be more fully realized and then ignited. And when it is, something great's gonna happen. You're gonna get this. You're gonna be skipping into work. This is a picture of a guy who's happy. He looks like he's heading to the office and he's happy to be there. The epitome of waking up eager. But if you wanna have that, that skipping into work feeling, <laughs> you need to know exactly what your top strengths and talents are. And you need to be able to use them every day. And when you do, you'll feel like a fish in water. So a fish in water is just natural. It's just what they do. They're satisfied and motivated because they're doing their thing. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about being satisfied and motivated. And we're gonna talk about Wake Up Eager. So why does Wake Up Eager matter? We're gonna talk about how it impacts your bottom line. We're gonna talk about the Wake Up Eager leader. We're gonna share five simple actions that can help you, and you can also use these same actions to help your employees get a handle on what are their top strengths and talents. And when I'm talking about strengths and talents, I'm talking about more than background experience. I'm talking about your key interests, your top personal traits. Next. We're going to talk about the Wake Up Eager team dynamic, and I'm going to give you three specific actions you need to take and some specific tools and resources that tie to that. So I'm here to serve you. If you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and you have questions about anything that I've shared today, please reach out to me at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, and we can have a conversation. Be happy to uh, Take your questions and take your comments and any feedback that you have for me. So I want you to stop for a minute and think about your calendar. Don't go pull it out, but just remember or uh, re reflect on what you've been doing over the last few weeks. Who are you with? 
what were you doing? Where were you? Just think about all the appointments, personally and professionally. And I want you to think about the times that you were most satisfied. So you just felt good, felt satisfied. That's the word that I want you to think about. What was I doing when I felt most satisfied? And I'm gonna give you some examples and maybe they'll call up some ideas of things that you might've been doing. Uh, were you problem solving? Were you doing some research? Were you sharing knowledge? Were you coaching someone or maybe providing support to a customer? Were you being a spokesperson in front of the room, presenting or coming up with new ideas and then sharing them? Were you figuring out how to make something more efficient or how to eliminate waste in a budget or in a schedule, making the schedule more efficient? Maybe you were doing something creative, like making sure the lobby looks and feels good in your business so it's refreshed when people enter. Or you were doing a beautification project. Maybe you were thinking about standard operating procedures and process and making sure that everybody knew what those processes and procedures were. So did you pick some things that you felt satisfied? I'm hoping some of the descriptors I shared with you brought to mind some ideas. But when you were satisfied, that is an indication of a place where some of your top personal strengths are. It's, it's an indication of an interest. It's an indication of top traits, personal traits that matter. And so let me ask you, do you know what your top strengths and talents are? Can you list them? And if you can list them, do you think you're using them consciously on the job every day? So the Gallup organization interviewed millions of employees and they asked that same question. And what they realized and came up with is that three out of four adults can't list their strengths and talents and they're not using them at the job every day. And that's a problem because that means that they feel like that fish climbing a tree. That means they feel unmotivated and unengaged. And that is a big challenge in our work environments these days. And they're not waking up eager, which is what we're here to support and care deeply about. But I know what that feels like because that was me years ago. So I graduated from school, worked at NCR Corporation in Human Resources, my first big real job out of college. Loved what I was doing, but I moved to Atlanta, wanted to continue doing human resource work there, was not finding the opportunities, but learned about a state farm insurance fire claims position where if I did that work, I would be able to eventually interview for a human resource role. So I interviewed, got the position, was excited that I had a role, but was a little unsure about insurance and fire claims. And to my great surprise and happiness, I loved my job as a claims rep. And if you're not familiar with what a claims rep does, it's when there is property damage or a liability claim, the claim rep comes out and helps handle that on behalf of the insurance company. And so what that meant for me is there were, there were many things I needed to learn. I didn't know anything about insurance, so I learned all about contract language and how insurance works. I learned estimation software so that I could talk to contractors. If you had water damage or a fire, I would go and talk to the contractor and the policyholder. Or if somebody got hurt and they were suing a business, 
then I would get involved with attorneys. So there was so much that I had to learn that I was completely engaged in the work. Um, and I, I love to learn. I also love the independence. Once I was trained, I was able to make decisions on my own. I was able to uh, set my own schedule. I worked a lot of hours, but I could set the schedule because you were meeting with different people. So I was in and out of the office, didn't have a set schedule, lots of variety. So all of those things were empowering to me, very satisfying to me and uh, worked a lot and I loved it. And I was just so happy to be that guy, gal, skipping into work every day. And I was excelling in the role, didn't know I was, but I found out I was when they came to me and said, hey, you're doing a great job. Do you want to interview for a human resource manager role in our regional headquarters? So another location and my background, that's what I really wanted to do for my entire career. And so absolutely, I wanted to interview and I got the job. And you know what? Yeah, if you're guessing it, <laughs> you got it. It wasn't a really good fit. I was so surprised and completely confused by the fact that it wasn't a fit because it's a great company. And Human Resource in general, and my previous company, was a great fit. It is, it is the work, uh, was the work I wanted to do. So I was very confused. Two months in, uh, stressed out, not feeling satisfied. Six months in, I'll use the language of our fish now. I was like a fish in a tree. So uncomfortable, feeling like I'm failing, dissatisfied, and after many sleepless nights, decided to make a change. And so I moved on to another position. I remember one of my good friends who had gone the same path that I had gone, fire claims into human resources, taking me to dinner for the goodbye dinner and, and trying to help me figure out what was going on. You know, how could I not like this role? Uh, she misunderstood completely what was going on. And I was right with her. I didn't know. I mean, it felt right to not stay there because I knew how I felt, which was very dissatisfied. But I didn't know why. And it, so it seemed wrong. And like probably there was something wrong with me because I couldn't take hold of this fabulous opportunity. So I carried that judgment around with me for a while. I moved into a human resource manager role within Oracle Software, which was a much better fit, much more independent organization. And I had the blessing to take assessments. And the assessments revealed my top personal strengths and talents. And it was so enlightening because I now understood exactly why that role at State Farm and the human resource manager part didn't work out and why the other roles did. And I dove into the research about motivation and I became an expert in assessment science. And then 16 years ago, I started my own business, Priceless Professional Development, as a professional facilitator and consultant so I could share this insight with others. And I've been doing that now. Thousands and thousands of leaders have gone through and learned about how to use the strengths and talents in the hiring process, in motivation, and in development. And that's what I'm here to share with you today. I bless the journey that I had. I love that I had such contrast between what I didn't want so that I could know more clearly what I do want. And um, so it was a blessing and it led to this today. 
So what I want to do right now is share the research with you, at least a summary of some of the research. And so we've got some important numbers, and this is why Wake Up Eager matters. And it's why strengths and talents matter and why I'm talking about your genius and that you have all this within you. If you just know what your strengths and talents are, the next day after you've been informed specifically about what they are, they've measured that you're 8% more productive. And when I say they, it's the Gallup organization. When you use your talents and strengths, these are your unique personal traits, your interests, in addition to your background and experience, you're three times more likely to be committed to the work and you're six times more likely to say, I have a high quality life. You have more laughter, more self-respect, more confidence, a, a greater feeling of well-being. When you're a leader who leads based on strengths, so you help people know what their strengths and talents are, you acknowledge them, you embrace their strengths and talents, and you help them do more of who they really are, you're 86% more successful. If Gallup, what they did is they talked to teams and they compared teams' answers to using their strengths on the job every day to their business results. And per 25-person team, they had 44% higher customer service scores and 38% higher productivity scores. So powerful influence. I, would you like to have 44% higher customer service scores? I'd say yes. <laughs> and have everybody on your 25 per 25 person team be more engaged? Yes. We all want a higher quality of life. So all these numbers really add up. And, and think of some numbers I just shared a few slides ago, which is three out of four adults don't know what their strengths and talents are. So that means you line up 100 people and according to the Gallup research, 75 of them cannot name their strengths and they're not using them on the job every day. So it's a big gap. It's a big gap. And it's also a huge opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. Because here's the thing. I walked straight into a position at a great company, State Farm, that was not a great fit for my top strengths and talents. And I did not know that. I've always known that I liked to learn, and that was evident to me. I was a learner. I like independence. That's how I grew up. And then I'm a person who can juggle and, and thrives on variety. I knew that, but I never put it together that, that those talents and strengths mattered <laughs> to the bottom line business, but they also mattered to my satisfaction and mattered to my motivation. And if I had known all of that, I could have made a better decision on what positions I interviewed for. I could have had great discussions with leaders because I was a good employee. State Farm had a, a huge company. There are ways they could have accommodated me or helped me figure out a place that's a better fit. But I didn't do any of that because I didn't know what you now know hopefully more clearly and will know as we continue to talk about this. So there's a wake a bigger formula and we'll look at it and talk about it more today, but it is, we need to be able to use our strengths and talents in our work every day. And when we do, they go together with being satisfied and motivated. And from there, what we're going to find is more success. You're going to have higher performing employees. If you help people be more of who they are, they will reward you with higher performance. And oh, by the way, life goes fast. Why don't we have some happiness as we're going forward? But without this understanding, it is all hit or miss. And so it's so important that we know 
this formula and that we apply it for ourselves and for everybody on our team. So we've done a quick pass on why Wake Up Eager matters. Now let's talk about you, the Wake Up Eager leader. I'm going to share with you five simple actions that you can take to make sure that you're using your strengths and talents in the job to, every day to help your employees understand. And they are very simple. So don't think that this is going to be really complex, but simple is good. Simple is clarity. And a lot of really great wisdom is very simple, right? So let's go through some of these simple actions that help us understand so that we can use our strengths and talents more. The first one is your answer to this question. While working at my company, I want to gain. All right. So here's how I would answer. While working at Priceless Professional Development, I want to gain knowledge, autonomy, service to others. I want a lot of variety. What, you, what are your answers to that question? And if you're near anybody right now and you're listening to this, why don't you pause real quick and tell them, hey, this is my answer to this question. While working in my company, here's what I want to gain. I want you to really think about what is it that you want? And in the handout that you can find at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash formula, there are three questions. The one I just shared, in addition to that, it's I am a, whatever your title is, because I most want. So I am a professional facilitator because I most want. Brainstorm your answers to that question. I work at my company, Priceless Professional Development, because. So there are three questions that get to what's your why. And it's interesting, I will use these three questions when I am with a group. Maybe it's a team building session or it's a coaching session. Could be one on one or with a group, but I will have them answer these questions. So they'll brainstorm their questions before they've ever seen their assessment. And then when they get their assessment results, 98% of the time, it's an exact match. <laughs> what they said, their answers to these questions these are your likes, these are your dislikes, this is what you're interested in, this is coming forth from within you. The answers are within you. You don't have to take an assessment to figure this out, they're there. So this might be your exercise. If you go to get the handout, you'll see them listed there. Use this and maybe use this in a team meeting uh, with employees. Have them craft that out and then say, okay, out of this, tell me as you, if you were going to summarize, what are, your, what are your top interests? What do you care most about? That's a way to start to understand what someone's strengths and talents are and for your own. Okay, so the next simple action is this idea of using contrast. So if you see, I've got an image here, you've got the desert on one side and you've got plush, lush water and landscape on the other. And what I'd like to remind you of is you never know more clearly what you do want until you've experienced what you don't want. Example, my State Farm experience. But sometimes we don't use the contrast. Now, when we're cold, we go get warm, so we do something. When we're hungry, we go to eat. So what do we do with that contrast? We do something. But sometimes we suffer at, at work or we've had an experience or we have an interaction or something doesn't work. We just do in what doesn't work. And maybe we complain about it. Maybe we stay stuck in it. And so what I would say to you is use the contrast. Make a list of what you don't want. So I could have left that position at State Farm and said, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, because there was so much 
in that role that did not feel like a great fit for me and was demotivating. And after I ran out of my complaints and writing it, I could then switch to, okay, so what does that tell me I do want? And it's usually something close to the opposite of. And the reason I like this is life experience teaches us. We've got all these words and I'm sharing all this about strengths and talents and waking up eager, but words don't teach. It's our life experience that does. And the only reason it doesn't teach us is because we don't use it as the platform or the bouncing off place. Sometimes we stay stuck in the experience, especially if it was negative. So use contrast. Now that I know what I don't want, what do I really want? Next, I want you to think about past feedback you've received, maybe in performance reviews, maybe when people tell you on a regular basis, oh, you are so good at. I mean, I've always heard people have always said to me, you know, you're good at making decisions, or they might have said, you know, wow, you'll really research a topic, you know, different feedback. But I took it for granted. I just thought everybody did that. But that's what we kind of do with our strengths. We take them for granted. So I want you to reflect on what people say and make a list. What do people tell me on a regular basis? What have I heard about what I'm doing great in my performance reviews that relates to top personal traits that I bring everywhere I go? Your assessment results, if you've ever taken assessments in the past, what I would like you to do is go back to your assessments and review them with this eye for strengths. Sometimes, and I usually have to walk people back from this, but when they get their results, all they want to focus on is everything that it said that they're not good at, and they want to hammer themselves about what's wrong with themselves. And my contention would be know what your strengths are, because the chances are good that whatever your strengths are, if you're not aware of them, you're overdoing them, and they're becoming a blind spot. If you're aware of them, you can manage your blind spots. And so the development is, and there's power. Remember the research? There's power in knowing what your strengths are. People thrive when they know what their strengths are, when they're valued. Businesses do better. So pull out past information and assessments with an eye for strengths and make a list. This was my pulling my assessment results back, and I'll just give you a quick summary. Uh, one of the tools we use is, uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to do some of this for yourself on an exercise we're going to do here shortly, so this will lead to that. But there are different types of interests or motivations. Learning business, service, balance, power, and process. And we can measure those based on the thing, questions that we ask. And so when I went back and looked at my results, I don't remember any of this making so much sense to me until I had the contrast at State Farm. But my number one and two, the things that make me feel like a fish in water, it's natural. I just do it because I just do it, <laughs> is the learning part, problem solving, being an expert, and the business part. You know, so I want to work in business and, and get results. So that was a big aha moment. And I scored, and it's how you score on this isn't like a, like one score is better than the other. It's just a snapshot. But the snapshot aha for me was I scored as a strong desire for the learning. And so that was why it was so hard for me because I scored so far extreme in my interest that that's why it was so hard when there wasn't so much to learn in this role that I had taken at the human resource role. My number six was exactly, which was the process leader, exactly what that role needed. It needed someone who loved to help keep the protocol, to keep the traditions, and that is a beautiful thing to do but it is not the thing I'm interested in and I don't value it and it demotivates me and it stresses me out. 
So that's what your assessment results can reveal when you go look at your strengths, can help you know what they are, can help you see what you're not interested in, can help you understand where your blind spots are, and there's power in looking at that. So a quick story to lead into our next simple action. I was meeting with Dylan in his office. He was going through a leadership program. We were in our first couple of meetings, and this time we were gonna go through his assessment results. He was on the ground level. The parking lot was behind me. I was sitting in front of the window, or my back was to the window. And as we were trying to get started, I was doing a little intro. Dylan is completely distracted. He's looking out the window. I turn around to see what he's looking at, and there's an older woman out there looking frustrated and upset, shaking her keys, walking around looking stressed out. And I said to Dylan, hey, Dylan, do you want to go help her? And before I could get the sentence out, Dylan was up, popped up, and face lit up, and out the door he went. So he goes, I watch him. He's a man of service, which is what his assessment had told me. He's an assessment. He's a service leader, and he's doing that. He helps her get to her car. He helps her turn off his alarm. He comes back in, lit up, you know, Whoo, I've just done my thing, and uh we had a great conversation about strengths and talents and what his work, his strengths and talents are, how he uses them in his work, what how they could be a blind spot, you know, if he overuses them and the difference it makes. So we had a great conversation. So it was a great use of time. And it was what he was compelled to do. That's another way to look at your top personal traits, your interests, your strengths. What are you compelled to do? When I say things were born into you, these things, that's what I'm talking about. You're compelled to this because it was born into you. It was meant to be used by you in your life. So what are you compelled to do? And we're going to do that exercise now. I'm going to have you look at six lists of words. They're also on the handout. If you're listening to this or watching the video, you can go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash formula. And you can get the, download that handout. But there are six lists of words. And you can look at them on the handout. I have them on the screen as well. And they relate to different types of interests. There's a learning, results, service, balance, power, and process. And I've alluded to these throughout our conversation today. What I want you to do is I want you to pick your number one and number two out of all of these. So which one you pick is that's my priority. I'm compelled to this. You'll, you'll have a sense of satisfaction when you think of your words. You're, they're going to feel good, but I want you to pick your words. So what words would you pick? And then I want you to think about situations or people in your life that might have shaped your top interests. And then in the workshop, what I do is people get together, they stand up all three, you know, two or three people together, and they share their words. And then they share who impacted or a situation that impacted their interests, their top interests. So for me, my top interests, of course, you've heard them already, learning and results. And, you know, my family impacted that. We're a learning family. Uh, my folks were always reading. My dad was always reading business books and books about sales uh, and attending seminars and Dale Carnegie. Uh, my mother was always reading about fitness and nutrition, and she studied macrobiotics, which is an Eastern-type medicine before people were even doing 
that type of thing and tried vegetarianism. So very thinking outside the box in regard to research and new ideas, very curious. My dad was a very happy person in business. And I noticed that. And I remember consciously saying, I'm going to do that. Uh, My mom was a little bit struggling with her full happiness as a stay at home mom. And so that was that impact. And I remember consciously choosing and being impacted by these. So we kind of had an anti role model there that kind of drove me toward business, not in a bad way, but um, you might have a similar situation. So think about that. We do some sharing during the um, workshop and I've got this little volume that says clapping on the slide as it moves forward. We go through about three minutes. So that clapping, sorry about that. (laughs) The clapping on there is on the PowerPoint slide to say, okay, we've got three minutes down, two minutes down, one minute down, but it's worth doing that exercise. And what I love hearing from people when we do that exercise is, you know, ask people in the audience to share and they'll share things like, well, it's so interesting. Jane and I work together and we have the opposite interests and which shows up, you know, she loves process. I love the learning. And sometimes we have tension. They pick up on that. Um, They also often uh, pick up on how their interests were shaped. And so my point in these two exercises is one, you do know, what your top interests are, what some of your personal traits are that Matt, you know, that are your strengths. And you also, they're long held. So we can't talk people out of what motivates them. I couldn't talk myself out of my top interests. They were born into me. Um, They were created by me to be used in my life. And so because mine are so, such a strong, extreme tendency, I couldn't ignore them when I was in the role that was a bad fit. And oftentimes you see a lot of people do struggle feeling like the fish in the tree situation. And so we wanna eliminate that. So I want you to pay attention to what you're compelled to do. And that's an exercise that can help. Our last situation or our last simple action is uh, starts with this quote, all of man's humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Think about that. What if that were true? What if all our problems, all the things that we worry about in our business and now with like with motivation, how do we create this wake up your team dynamic? How do I feel better? How does my team feel better? How do we be more productive and effective? What if, what if Pascal, who was a mathematician and a physicist, what if he's right? What if we could just sit quietly in a room alone a little bit and the answers would come, the calm would come, the knowing would come. Well, I propose that that is true. And so this next simple action is for you to take daily tune in time. That's what I call it. I want you to take 15 minutes a day to write, reflect, plan, quiet your mind, breathe. I did a year of this to test this out to see what difference it would make. And I remember and I do it regularly now. I'm all often having to re-remember how important it is because we do all get busy and I do tend to be action oriented. But that year of doing it and then regular basis, I can't tell you how many times, just 15 minutes of quiet time, which is 1% of your day, makes a huge difference in your alignment, in your knowing what you need to do next, in planning your day and coming to things with calm and ease in finding more satisfaction 
in finding motivation, knowing how to have the important conversations that are going to make a difference with your team. So 1% a day is 15 minutes a day or 15 minutes is 1% a day. And that is almost 92 hours in a year, which is incredible. 92 hours of quiet time if you just take 1% of every day. I've got an article, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash TNT. It's listed on the handout where the show notes are um, that talk a little bit about different things that I do, little exercises, journaling, journaling and such. Um, but a key thing that can help you create more wake up your days. Sometimes we need to slow down to speed up. And when we do slow down, slow is smooth. And guess what? Smooth is fast. So I, I can't encourage this enough. Maybe this is my favorite one out of all of these simple actions. Um, but we've talked about five simple actions. And what I want you to do is pick one that you're going to do. Brainstorm the three why questions. Use contrast. Review feedback. Pay attention to what you're compelled to do. And take daily tune-in time. What will you do this week and next week? What will you do? Now let's look at taking, making a wake-up eager team. We've got three areas. The first one is going to be to hire for job fit. So in the interview process, why don't people work out? Again, I could do the job at State Farm in the human resource manager role, but I just didn't want to. So there's a little clue there. The Society of Human Resource Management says that the reason people don't work out only 10% of the time is about background and experience. The rest of the time is has to do with all kinds of intangible things like things we've been talking about today. Interests, motivation, attitude, personal traits. And over-focusing on background and experience is one of the top three interview mistakes people make. So I want you to focus on the intangibles. I'm going to give you some interview questions to help you do that so that you don't just think about their background and experience. One of the things we also get caught up in that's a, a, a situation we have some bias is we say, oh, they're just like me. And we assume that that means they're going to be a great in the role and that can get us in trouble. Another thing we do is we think, okay, we really like them. So anybody can do you know, any job, all I have to do is train them. I'll just train Susie and the, all these processes and procedures and she's going to do great. It's not working. And I can't tell you how many calls I get every day about companies saying, help come get our employees motivated. It's not working. People bring who they are to the job. We got to figure out who they are, right? And, and it, it has to do with more than their background experience, but it's their top interests and their traits. So you don't have to be a mind reader. I've given you five questions to get you started that will tell you whether their strengths and interests match the job. What they do, these five questions, help reveal their likes and their dislikes. The key to these questions working is you ask all five, you press for specifics. So when they give you a vague answer, say, well, give me an example. So make sure you understand you listen and you make sure that the answers that they share, you Compare them to what the job is going to reward. And one of the biggest mistakes, the other big mistake interviewers make is we talk too much. So you want the interviewee to be speaking 75% of the time, you 25% of the time. But use these questions and it will give you keen insight. And they are on the handout, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash formula. You want to keep in mind these questions. As they're telling you what they like and don't like, are they going to be happy? 
Are they going to be productive? Will they want to stay? Will they own their job? Will they contribute their talents generously? That was shared by one of the scientists. He had a PhD in math, law, and philosophy in the 1960s, Dr. Robert S. Hartman. He shared this back in the 60s and said, this is what you need to know. So if you want to hire for fit, you need to be thinking about these things and thinking about intangibles. During the workshop, I usually give away copies of my book. I have a book called Hiring Superior Performers, and it gives a, a process, and it goes into more depth about interview questions and, and how to actually hire for fit. So we're going to hire for fit, and the next thing we're going to do is we're going to learn to embrace differences. One person's crazy is another person's refreshing. So something I love, and you might have noticed that if you were doing the interest exercise where you're picking the circles, where one person said, man, this is what I love. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's the thing I would put as number six. They're not crazy. They're just different. And they're not difficult. They're just different. And so if we can embrace differences, and that's past the just language and the dialogue around it, is just really appreciate that strengths and talents matter even when someone's strengths or talents are completely different from what you want and like to do. So here's a story about an executive team that I worked with. They had worked together for more than 10 years. They were uh, a great team. They got along really well. They knew each other really well. And it was effective business. But one thing the CEO said, he's like, sometimes they just drive me crazy. They drive me crazy. And so we did a little bit of an exercise where they learned about their special strengths and talents and they became more aware of how strengths and talents matter and how those were alike and different. And I'll just give you a little summary and just show you, you know, how it impacted the team. So Jim, the CEO, uh, very much wanted to advance, uh, advance the cause, move fast, come on, let's go, quick decisions and said, okay, what's efficient, what's effective, what's the bottom line, let's go. One of his executives was very much like Dylan, in my example, the service and altruistic leader. You know, so how, what's about the people? So anytime they were trying to make a decision, when he was frustrated with this person, he'd say, well, you're slowing down the process here. But when he started to understand it was this person's strengths and talents, and they're helping us, helping him think about this piece in a stronger way, um, how does this impact the people? Um, there was less tension and resistance and more welcoming of the difference. The process leader would often stop decision-making and say, wait a minute, our tradition has been this, our protocol has been this, our standard operating procedure is this, we're changing it. I don't know if we should do this. So they can be very cautious about change and, and messing with the process, but it helped them do a better job in making decisions about that. The learning leader is very curious and asks all kinds of why questions that used to drive him crazy because he'd be like, okay, he's always poking holes in everything <laughs> and asking so many questions that it gives me too much information, but started to see, wait a minute, that adds value because now there's new ideas that we haven't thought about that are on the table. And then the other executive on the team was a, a results leader and was impatient about, let's get the results, let's be practical, we're wasting time. And what they discovered is that when they all use their strengths and talents, um, they made better decisions. And the CEO shared, you know, I now understand how they're wired. This is how they're wired. They're not asking questions or doing their thing to annoy me. They're doing who they are. And again, I go back to that statement, help people bring more of who they are to their work and to their life 
and they will reward you with high performance. And that's what happened on this team. So last thing on the Wake Up Eager team dynamic is you, the Wake Up Eager leader. So your team is watching you. The minute you pull up into the parking lot, they're checking you out and don't forget it. So uh, do your tune in time, know what your strengths and talents are, own them, claim them, use them, manage your blind spots in case you're overusing them, help people fill in this parts and do the things that you're, are not your favorite thing to do, but allows them to use their strengths. You know, be a wake up eager leader. You can either be somebody who creates, you can be a coach leader that creates more wake up eager team dynamic, or you can destroy it. And it really does start with you and they are mimicking you and following you. Give them a great role model to follow by filling up your gas tank and finding, you know, your genius and using it. So motivating your workforce, motivating yourself. What I want you to remember is that you have special talents, gifts, strengths, and interests that matter. They matter. And so do the people on your team. Help them do more, do more for yourself in the use of your strengths and talents. Hire and manage based on this. And you're going to create happy, satisfied, motivated people. And you're going to have a highly productive team. You're going to have a group of people who will own their job and contribute their talents generously. So make sure that you're going to be happy, that they're going to be happy. And we have walked through what Wake Up Eager matters, why it matters. Wake Up Eager leader, five simple actions, and three team dynamics. So that's our episode today. You can find the show notes, episode number 61 at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash formula. So a lot of these ideas are simple. Unfortunately, they don't get implemented at work as often as we would like. Um, and this wake up eager process is a journey, but we know where to start. And we know what to do. And so I'm excited that you are here today to experience this. I did a talk recently at the Hartman Institute. We had a conference. And so my next episode, episode number 62, I will share that talk. And it's about working with clients and how to share your business or your product. In my instance, I'm sharing axiology and trimetrics, and that's who I was speaking to. But the themes from that talk I was told and you know heard from others relate to how to be effective persuading others and sharing ideas and information. So I'll be doing that in the podcast next. So Look forward to connecting. If uh, you have any questions, reach out to me, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a bunch. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 